Hey, everybody out there in Flophouse land. My name's Elliot Kalen, and I'm here with my best buds, and their names are... Ugh, Dan McCoy. Stuart Wellington, who is very impressed. Mm. That's right, my best buds, ugh, Dan McCoy, and Stuart Wellington, who is very impressed. <laughs> and we're coming to you not live with the Flophouse. But before we get into this mini-episode, you know when you can see us live? Saturday, February 6th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. That's right, I said 6 p.m. <laughs> we're going to be watching, or we're not watching, we're, we're going to be talking oh, about... Oh, <laughs> I put so much brain power into that voice that I can couldn't I, fix uh, that. Can I, we're gonna be, can we're I gonna ask, be, before we get into wait, the... Let me, fi- let me finish the promo for the live show. <laughs> okay. We're going to be talking about the... We're going to be talking about the hit film Teen Wolf starring Michael J. Fox. It <laughs> should have starred Michael J. Wolf, but it doesn't. Michael J. Fox <laughs> as a teenage wolf. That's Saturday, February 6th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Only $10. Just go to www.theflaphouse.simpletakes.com. We're also going to be doing original presentations, audience Q&A, and more. And if you can't watch it live, it will be archived in video form for a week afterwards if you buy your ticket. So that's www.theflophouse.simpletakes.com. Saturday, February 6th, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Teen Wolf time. Yeah. TWT. And I got a tip about, I got a hot tip about that website. Don't put the HTTP colon slash slash or https because for some reason that screws it all up and you can't get there yeah if you're an old person who still puts in the http yeah, part stop and it doesn't mm-hmm. just type in the www stop just stop doing that every all your uh, all your web browsers know what you're doing they understand <laughs> what's going on they'll just slap that shit in for you yeah. so just put www in so ellie uh, i did you did, real, real quick uh uh-huh. J- jordan can you go back to when i said i was impressed and just scrub that shit out <laughs> yeah i have a few questions about this voice that's what i wanted to get into now is this now is laying it, on me brother is this guy supposed to be sexy or is it more of just kind of a local uh radio dj uh those are the same thing dan <laughs> okay yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. What kind of car does this guy drive? Mm-hmm. A Camaro. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> now I assume that's because uh, he finally uh, divorced his wife, uh, and uh, this is his uh, second, you know, chapter in his life. The way he tells mm-hmm. it, he divorced his wife. The way the law tells it, mm-hmm. she divorced him. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. You turned into anyway, guys. You, you, you turned like into Caleb. Robert Evans there at but, the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all do in the end, yeah. aren't, don't we? Uh, we? In the end, we're all just an old man who produced The Godfather lying in bed trying to pitch movies over the phone for that last final time. He also, I think he had a pool in his backyard, and there was just grass <laughs> all the way up to the edge of the pool, which seems crazy. I may be I misremembering it. I think it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, guys. It's like an infinity not... pool, but for grass. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Guys, we're not here to talk about Robert Evans' pool or the pool at the Bob Evans, which <laughs> I only found out later was not related to the movie producer Robert Evans. I wanted to talk to you today about a subject that's been on the mind of filmgoers for nearly a generation now mm-hmm. or more, which is crazy, and that's the prequel. Now, guys, I know what you're thinking. You make a movie, it's a big hit, then you make a movie that takes place after that movie that continues the adventures of the characters incorrect that's not how we do it anymore Mm -hmm. these days they have what's called prequels now that goes before the original movie and that's i just want to make sure everyone knows that's opposed to a squeakquel which is purely Mm -hmm. a chipmunks based entertainment medium a Mm -hmm. threequel which is when there's the third movie in a series that takes place after but not before or a nyquil which is the uh snuffy sneezing coughing so you can Mm -hmm. rest medicine right peter Peter Uh, quill is of course 
Star Lord. Uh, the movie Quills was about the Marquis mm-hmm. de Sade. That's a Jeffrey Rush uh, starer, as they would mm-hmm. say in Variety and, uh, Speak. And Peekskill is a city in Westchester. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's We've right. A uh, so let's. So I don't want to confuse prequels with all those and and uh, with any of those things. But uh, in case people aren't familiar, there's some famous prequels out there. There's Episode One, The Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. which I put this into my head mainly because I just recently watched it with my son on his seventh birthday. Uh, he mm-hmm. enjoyed it, did not understand the plot. I didn't understand the plot. I, there were parts of it where it was like. Oh, I think I understand what's going on here now. Uh, then you got other hits like Oz the Great and Powerful, <laughs> Hannibal Rising, and so wait, all the of hits. course Prometheus. Kind of, Prometheus kind of, yeah. is kind of a prequel. So after watching the Phantom Menace, does your son just run around the the house saying do 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 loot do 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 loot? You know the duel <laughs> yeah, I mean, of the he fates. does love that song. Yeah. He does. He does love the duel of the fates. Yeah, because it, it's a fucking bop. He did have a lot of questions about who the characters were and what was going on, and. I couldn't answer all of them, but I will say on this viewing, and this is not what I mainly wanted to talk to you guys about, I was more into the character of Qui-Gon Jinn, who at the time I first saw the movie back in 1999 when it came out when I was just a youngin, as opposed to the wizened old uh, codger that I am today. Mm-hmm. I was not impressed by that character, and I thought he was a pretty bland, boring, like standard noble character. But watching it again, it came through to me, and uh, a good friend of mine by the name of Dan Brooks is going to take issue with this if he hears this, as he did take issue with me over Twitter when I said it. But he strikes me as this kind of like religious zealot Jedi who is so sure of his own personal connection with the Force and what it tells him to do that even Yoda and the other Jedis are like, uh, like, don't take it too far, Qui-Gon. Like, mm-hmm. maybe maybe you don't need to go so far with this. Uh, sorry, I like that character some more. But guys, I want to know, what are your feelings about prequels since there's been so many of them and the trend seems in no way to abating? I was just looking at the news and saw how they're finally doing that Willy Wonka prequel they've been threatening for so many years uh, because so that we can finally find out how you become a crazy person who owns a candy factory that enslaves people from a mythical country. So are you into prequels or are you not into prequels or are you prequel curious? Is the Willy Wonka prequel going to talk about how those old people got in the bed? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's what it's about. Maybe it's not a Willy Wonka prequel. Maybe it's a Bucket Grandparents prequel. (laughs) I'm guessing it's because they're old, Stuart. (laughs) Yeah, but why are they all in the same one? Are you talking about, well, I guess because they're poor. I don't know, like, is it a physical thing that you're like, you want to see, like, whether they used stairs to get in the bed or whether they just, like, leapt in originally. I mean, it's or... certainly stuff that can get covered in the prequel, right? <laughs> it's a rich it's a rich text with a lot to explore. Yeah. I mean, there's the famous, you know, obviously there's the famous Patton Oswalt routine about the prequels that, you know, it, it kind of summarizes the problems with it where it's like, oh, you know, you're like Darth Vader, right? Well, what, what if you see him when he's a little kid? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, that doesn't, that's not why we like him. And, you, mm, but uh, Dan, I would, I would counterpoint that with two words young Sheldon. Uh huh. <laughs> People well, can't, get, can't get enough of their favorite characters as kids or little Archie or a pup named Scooby Doo, any of those. You know, I mean, Muppet Babies, perhaps. <laughs> sure. Uh, Is young Sheldon the name of that egg with the two legs sticking out in U.S. Acres? Uh, it was when he was young. Yes. That okay. is Sheldon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's put, Let's put television aside for a moment. Uh, I just I, the, there's okay, thank sorry. you. Can't stop talking about U.S. Acres, the cartoon <laughs> show. Dan. It was called Garfield and Friends. U.S. Acres was a portion of a larger sort of 
combination Garfield show, and Friends uh, was just was a, it was a thi- Garfield and Friends was was a thin excuse for a U.S. Acres television show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just everyone knows U.S. Acres was the star. Kids couldn't get enough of Orson the Pig, that dumb duck with the with the rubber with the floaty thing around his yep. the, his uh, waist. Those sheep that had no personality, and Sheldon, the lovable uh, egg that didn't finish hatching and was too busy making the women in his life feel like morons because they didn't know what the Planck constant was or something. Am I getting my Sheldons mixed up? <laughs> I think you're probably right, yeah. So, no, I but I, I, it's sort of an adage of writing, right, that you are supposed to get in as late as you can to, like, a scene or a story and leave at the earliest possible moment. And the problem That's with, what I do with parties. The problem with prequels is, like, you know, the original movie works because this is the story they wanted to tell. They figured out the moment of most effectiveness, like, the portion of the story that is worth telling. And the prequel's like, okay, uh, we got to make a movie that's probably not going to be good as good as that because we don't have that same sort of, like, pure impulse. And it also has to end in such a way that it connects up with what we already know. So the story is partially mm-hmm. dictated for us. That's a very good point. Counter argument. Don't you wonder what made Nurse Ratched so mean? <laughs> uh, Did you guys watch that one? I didn't watch that one. No. Yet. I haven't watched it yet. I find I, I, as much as I love the performers involved, I find I have no, I've never needed to know the backstory of <laughs> yes. Nurse Ratched who, and I, and I am insulted by their portraying her in the ads as like a Michael Myers type figure. As if she uh-huh. is like an, a horror monster, like an iconic horror monster. Because I've never thought of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest as like a monster movie. Or uh-huh. like and Nurse Ratchet in that movie is so like – there are moments in the movie where I'm so sympathetic to her because she is just trying to keep a lid on this place. And a guy who is pretending that he belongs there but doesn't is causing all sorts of trouble. I know I'm not supposed to like her because she's a symbol of a system. But so the idea that it's like now you're going to find out why why she's so screwed up. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Is she how so she screwed got so, up? How she got so twisted, how she became the Joker. Yeah, she's not Freddy. Like, so mm-hmm. how did that guy become the Joker? Uh, I think he did a stand-up set, and everybody said it was bad and videotaped. It. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Now, Dan, you make you're right because when I finally watched Joker, that was the problem. The, the I was I didn't like it very much, and then at the end, when he's finally the Joker, I was like, okay, I cannot wait to see him do some Joker stuff. And then the credits started, yeah. and I was like, oh right, I forgot. <laughs> I yeah. forgot they already did the good part of this. This is the uh, these the are the scraps they d- threw out at the end of the day. <laughs> I thought the, the yeah. I mean, I feel like I was really hoping he was going to start delivering like packages Pizzas. with bows that say like from the from the Joker to the mayor of Gotham, and the mayor's like, "I should open this," and he opens it and explodes or something. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens in Batman things. Yeah, I mean, so I looked through a list of prequels, and I could find how many good ones? Yeah, five ones that I thought were uh, wow, at least worth. Something, like okay. people can disagree on their merits, but um, and then I have a question for you: If this movie is not on the list, but and, continue. and I'm tr- and I I think that what kind of unites them all is they're not sort of traditionally necessarily what you would think of as prequels. Maybe I would say one of them is Solo. 
<laughs> so there's uh, interesting. So I've got Twin Peaks Firewalk with me, which is a prequel to the television show Twin Peaks. So it's a little different. Than... Uh, Dan, I'll quote you. You said set aside television. So let's set it aside, baby. Okay. <laughs> then you've got uh, you've got of course Temple of Doom, which has many problematic elements, but it also has many like exciting set pieces. You can feel about it however you feel about it, like it or dislike it, but. I I think it is a prequel with merit, but it works because it is like barely a prequel at all. It's just one in a series of Indiana Jones movies. The only reason it's made a prequel is because they're like, oops, well, we Mm. made him into like kind of a nicer guy at the end of Raiders, and we don't want that to be true. So I guess we have to set it before Raiders, but then that doesn't make any sense with Raiders because by the time Raiders comes around, he's already seen supernatural shit go down, so he shouldn't be so... Like, like, wait a minute! The Ark actually has power. Religious items yeah, have power. How many, how many times did Scully have to get knocked in the head by an alien before she was like, you know what? I think there might be aliens around and here. And that was a huge uh-huh. problem with the show. <laughs> <laughs> now, the uh, I was wondering if you were going to mention uh, Temple of Doom, since I think many people don't even know it's supposed to take place before the other yeah. ones. Like, you could you could watch those movies and think they happen in order because he's in the first movie. He has this amazing arc. Second movie, in between, you have to assume he got hit on the head with a coconut <laughs> in one of his adventures. Yep. And then th- third arc, of course he would be irritable and distracted because he's with his dad. And there's nothing more irritating and distracting than having to spend a tr- go on a trip with your dad that's not to a Civil War site. Because when you go to a Civil War site with your dad, you have a thing to talk about, the Civil War. And you don't have to talk about anything else in your life. And it really helps to make the yeah. weekend go by. That's why, that's, uh, that's why some people get into sports, I've heard. Oh... <laughs> Yeah, I the thing about Temple of Doom is you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a scene where Indiana Jones encounters a snake and he's like, "A snake? I've never seen one of these before. I do not like it." And that's why he doesn't like snakes in Raiders of the Lost Ark. No, that's Well, that's no, no that's, that's actually in Last Crusade, you see that. But <laughs> Wait, oh, <laughs> when he's a kid. You know what? I can't believe I just plagiarized a joke from a movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. There's the scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark where he shoots the swordsman. And then in Temple of Doom, he goes for his gun and it's not there. And it's like, is there a mo- are you supposed to believe that in Raiders of the Lost Ark, he went, well, this didn't work last time, but I'll check and see if I have my gun on me. I do. No, hey, hey, it was a good idea. No, I think you're yeah. supposed to believe. I mean, <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's just a callback to the film that happened l- later chronologically, but earlier in... In, sh- in actual release but i i think you're supposed to think if anything that in between times he's like oh i won't make that mistake again i'll yeah. always have now, my gun with me because mm-hmm. i like to think as he's watching the swordsman he's thinking in his head he's like okay gun i'm gonna reach for you you better be there you have let me <laughs> yeah. down a number of times in the past mm-hmm. when you have not been there that's partly on me yes because you're an inanimate object and it's kind of on me to keep you strapped to my thigh but that's yeah. also on you because you know what when there were only one set of footprints, it was me carrying you because you're a gun and you don't have feet. So let's see unless, if you're there, unless, gun. Unless his gun is Megatron. Yeah, Megatron does have feet, so it could be the giant set of footprints behind him. <laughs> Megatron sometimes carries people. So, Dan, what other prequels would you say are good quills? Uh, okay, so... Um... Bes- besides pre-Larson. It's short for prequel Larson. So this mm-hmm. is going to be another sort of... Uh, controversial one, but one that... Wait, Dan, before... You're going to say pre-Fontaine that is not a prequel to the movie okay. Fontaine. <laughs> the the biography of Joan Fontaine? <laughs> exactly. Um, so there's another controversial one. 
Should uh, I buckle my seatbelt? Prometheus, I like, but that, again, not a typical prequel. Like, the stuff that uh, is a direct prequel to Alien is the easily the weakest stuff in the movie, I think. It is. It does very much feel like a movie that is intending at the top to not be a prequel to Alien, and then at some point during the process, the ghost of Alien possessed it and was like, no, you're my prequel now, and, mm-hmm. and kind of tried to force it into being a prequel. Like, uh, if you've ever had, like, a... Like, it's like you have two plugs that need to go together, but you don't have the socket to connect them. And you have to go out and buy one of those plug to plug, just where things where it's two sockets on either end. Yeah. 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 Thank you. That's like, that's what Prometheus turns into. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel like there's a chance I've already talked about this, but I, I, when I saw uh, Prometheus in the theater, I saw it at the Battery Park Theater on a matinee. That was my favorite matinee theater in all of New York. It was great. Uh, it was always empty during the day, during the week. Oh, man, I miss it. I miss going to the movies. What's going on with this world? But uh, I was watching. Uh, I remember being kind of bummed because I went in hoping it like with my brain set on I'm watching a prequel and I I didn't like it as much. And then when I, I ended up revisiting it, I don't know, because somebody said I should watch the like. A, a different version i don't know uh watch the dvd or blu-ray and watching it uh, watching it a second time revisiting it i liked it much more like i feel like all i had to do was have that brain shift and be like oh i'm out i'm watch. i'm not uh, i'm not watching just an alien prequel i'm watching yeah. this weird movie where two aliens have sex at the end <laughs> yeah and okay so and all of these again i'm sort of grading on the curve of prequels not being that good in the first place that's the trouble with the curve yeah Mm -hmm. uh but i also have i've got monsters university on here which i like don't think it's i have to say i saw that in the theaters and i did not like it i watched it again recently with my family and i liked it a lot more actually it really worked for me the second time i think that's the closest thing to a traditional prequel i have on this list because it is very much like how did these two characters meet and become friends but i think it works again by being not a traditional prequel in that it sort of just takes the characters and like, okay, they're in this other movie before. Now we're just going to put them into a college comedy. You know, like they, like they just switch genres on the film uh, mm-hmm. to some degree. Um, now, and the other one I have here, only half a prequel, of course, Godfather 2. But that, again, it doesn't, like, it doesn't feel like it's on lists of prequels, but it doesn't feel like one to me because it, you know, half of it is a prequel, half of it of it is a continuation of the story of the Godfather. And we call that a sequel. Yes, it's a prequel <laughs> sequel, and the whole point the is to you know draw parallels between stuff that happened in the past and stuff that's going on in the in the present of that movie. So it sounds to me like you're what I'm getting from you is you don't love prequels that much from all these non-traditional prequel choices. So yeah. here's my question. What is a movie you would like to see a prequel for? What movie have you watched where you're like, you know what would be more interesting to me? How these characters got together. Hmm. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Because I'll tell you what, I have a serious answer to this and a joke answer. Okay, I want to hear one of them, but don't tell me which it is. <laughs> okay, uh, no, I'll tell you. The uh, So my serious answer is I would actually love to see a, I wish they had made a Thin Man prequel where we could see how Nick and Nora Charles met. Because I think mm-hmm. that would, it would, to see them kind of discovering in each other that they have a 
worthy kind of like partner slash verbal opponent would be very exciting to me. My joke answer is twins, and you finally get to see the experiment where they're just assembling the team of guys who are going to, I guess, all contribute some sperm to make a, <laughs> to make a perfect man, and you see uh-huh. them discarding. It ends with them discarding the baby Danny DeVito, which means mm-hmm. that it's a prequel to Batman Returns, which opens mm-hmm. with a baby Danny DeVito being discarded. Yeah. Uh, Alternately, you could combine those movies into The Twin Man, which is about twin detectives who are married to the same woman, which I would also call Dead Ringers P.I. So having bought that time for you guys, uh, what prequel would you like to see? Welcome back to Fireside Chat on KMAX. With me in studio to take your calls is the dopest duo on the West Coast, Oliver Wong and Morgan Rhodes. Go ahead, caller. Hey, uh, I'm looking for a music podcast that's insightful and thoughtful, but like also helps me discover artists and albums that I've never heard of. Yeah, man. Sounds like you need to listen to Heat Rocks every week. Myself and I'm Morgan Rhodes and my co-host here, Oliver Wong, talk to influential guests about a canonical album that has changed their lives. Guests like Moby, Open Mike Eagle, talk about albums by Prince, Joni Mitchell, and so much more. Yo, what's that show called again? Heat Rocks, deep dives into hot records. Every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Hey, thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you. These are real podcast listeners, not actors. We took the identifying marks off this podcast. Just tell me your impressions. It's really sexy. My first thought is like, Radiolab? Definitely something popular. Yeah, really popular. A hit show. But funny, too. Like, does Tina Fey have a podcast? Or the Marx Brothers? Yeah, is this podcast Radiolab, but hosted by the Marx Brothers? And sexy, like Sade. It reminds me of Sade. Exactly. And they're all riding in a BMW. Close, but not quite. Take a look behind these panels. (gasps) And then watch this rocket blast off into space. Whoa. And there's the pies we made you. (gasps) Now, let's show you the podcast. Wow, it was Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go? Hold on. Oh, oh my goodness. That was 514 J.D. Power & Associates Podcasting Awards. That was really scary. But compelling. I guess I should definitely subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go. Um, yeah, I'd say so. Jordan Jesse Go, a real podcast. Hey, everyone, just popping in here to say that the Flop House is sponsored in part by Squarespace. In this time of troubles, we are so happy to have sponsors. Thank you. What can Squarespace do for you? Well, it can turn your cool idea into a new website. On that website, you can blog or publish content. You can sell products and services of all kinds. You can do much, much more. You've all seen websites. You might have seen websites, but you've definitely seen websites and squarespace helps you by giving you beautiful customizable templates created by world-class designers everything optimized for mobile right out of the box a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions free and secure hosting and much more now at this point in the ad probably if it wasn't uh, me solo, Elliot would jump in and say something like, "Now, Dan, I, I I got an idea for a website. See, that's the way that's the way Elliot sounds. I got I got an idea for a website. Can Squarespace help me?" 
And I'd say, yep, yeah, yeah, probably, Elliot. What is this? And he'd be like, oh, I got an idea. It's like uh, uh, balloonfarts.com. It's, uh, it's an enthusiast website for people who like to make that little squeaking noise with a balloon when you let the air out. I'd be like, okay, great, great. Let me get uh, through this ad, Elliot. Uh, call to action. Here it is. Go to Squarespace. Got it's not Squarespace.com. Squarespace.com. We love our sponsors. Let's get it right. Squarespace.com slash flop for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code flop to save 10% off your first first purchase of a website or domain. Great job, Daniel. You really messed up that one. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Imaginary Elliot. And now back to the show. I'm going to go back and answer your previous question because I didn't get a chance on prequels I actually like. Mm. And I'm going to I'm going to ruffle Dan's feathers here. So maybe we'll get a Hollywood horror monster Nurse Ratchet in there to sedate Dan so he doesn't flip (laughs) out because I'm going to talk about TV. That's right. Uh, I'm going to talk about Better Call Saul because I think Better Call Saul is a prequel that works. Part of what makes it work is that they have all these great flashbacks where Bob Odenkirk's supposed to be playing like a 20-year-old version of himself, and he just combs his hair forward, and it's so awesome. Uh, it's like it's like Mank, the TV show. But it's where but in it's, Mank. He's, did you did you guys watch Mank or no? I, I, I have not, not watched I'm, Mank I'm yet. Not a, oh, because the single funniest moment in all of movie going from movie watching for me of 2020. This makes it the funniest uh-huh. movie of 2020. Is when is watching my wife's reaction when at one point Gary Oldman says, "I'm 44 years old," and she went, "What?" Because he is a man in his mid 60s who's who's playing this character. My funniest moment, movie moment in 2020, had to be uh, a line in Inception when uh, Robert Pattinson explains the stakes of the movie. He's like. If, and if this happens, all the, the entire universe will be destroyed. And Elizabeth, Elizabeth Debicki looks at the sky and goes, including my son. <laughs> <laughs> what movie is that in? Uh, that's in Tenet, my mistake. Okay. Did I say Inception? You oh, did. Man, it was I just, very, I was like, I didn't even remember that yeah, Robert Pattinson was in Inception. It was alarming and confusing. I thought I'd phased into a uh, parallel dimension. Uh, that would be pretty weird, though, right? I must have incepted myself. I mean, <laughs> what, a, what a what a what a disappointing Mandela effect that would be. But again, I slipped into a parallel dimension where Inception and Tenet just had different names. Again, Better Call Saul is like a different kind of of prequel. They're like, okay, here's an a side character, an interesting side character. We haven't told his story yet, uh-huh. really. So let's go back and see what his deal is it's it, you know it, it's more of like yeah it's in that spin-off vein of like a fraser even though that's going forward in time like it's just like okay well this is a character people <laughs> seem to like what's his deal you know wouldn't it be weird if fraser was going backward in time like in tenet <laughs> or, or merlin <laughs> it's like time's arrow he's he's yeah. exper- there's a there's a homunculus in fraser's head that is experiencing fraser's life backwards yeah. oh wow uh yeah Sorry, I mean, spoiler I'd- alert spoiler alert for the martin amos novel Time's arrow. I feel like, I, I think you're right. I mean, I feel like Better Call Saul also, you know, still falls into the various traps of prequels where there's a ton of moments that feel like they're thrown in there just uh, because you're a fan of the original work and you're like, oh, this guy's important because I know he's important. Although they yeah. don't do a ton of stuff where they're like, this guy's going to be important. Uh, so we have the prophecy of why, uh, you know, Slip and Jimmy's going to become Saul Goodman or something. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, I, I love that show. I love all of it. But I get much more frustrated with 
sort of the drug plot side of the show because I'm just like, if this was a show on its own that didn't have to link uh-huh. to Breaking Bad, this would yeah. be here. Like, this is the stuff yeah. that doesn't feel... Well, that's that's like, I, I, I have that just, I mentioned Solo earlier, like, the things I like in Solo are the things that are not Star Wars mm-hmm. reliant. And like, if that movie didn't have to service Star Wars stuff, it would probably be like a stronger, more fun movie. If it didn't have to explain how the nickname Chewy came from the name Chewbacca, as if like <laughs> that needed an origin, you know. Mm-hmm. I want to tell you guys about the. So I, Elliot, I don't have a good answer for your question. My joke answer was going to be like, I wonder if there's a, if we can make a prequel to Dawn of the Dead, some sort of Night of the Living Dead. But anyway, <laughs> um, I want to talk about the weirdest uh, prequel that I've seen. I showed it recently for a bad movie uh, online viewing thing I do with friends. Uh, Cruel Intentions 2. Uh, now, this was this has an interesting um, provenance. Uh, they were going to make a, a TV show, a spinoff of Cruel Intentions, a prequel TV show called Manchester Prep. Uh, mm-hmm. And this was going to be on Fox. And it didn't get picked up after the pilot. So uh, Roger Cumble uh, did a, did the old Mulholland Drive and turned oh. the unused uh, pilot into... Uh, to similar results, a movie. right? Well, I mean, oddly, <laughs> one of the things it also that was... Won at, it, it won at Cannes. <laughs> it, it, Cruel Intentions 2 did win at Cannes. And, uh, well, like a like a uh, gratuitous <laughs> lesbian nude scene was was slipped into the movie once it became a movie. Um, mm-hmm. So there are I like like you saying slipped in makes it makes me imagine that the movie was screening at a theater and a guy a shifty <laughs> guy in a in a in a trench coat just kind of like sidled up to the screen and then it's kind of like threw something. Onto well, it. I mean, yeah. it is one of the funniest things about Cruel Intentions too is like most of it plays like this what it is like a bad '90s pilot for a Fox TV show. And then they will throw in like a few scenes that are so ridiculously more sleazy than the rest of the movie that you're like, okay, well, this was the thing that was added. Like, there's like, I mean, clearly in certain cases, if it's like stuff that they couldn't get away, but it's like the tone shifts so radically. And because it is like a uh, prequel, they have to end like it's one of these sequel slash prequels where it's just like they've just remixed the actual elements from the original story like up to a certain point cruel intentions 2 is just cruel intentions done beat for beat and then at the Mm -hmm. end they have a a a weird uh sleazy twist so that he can be in the same place where he is at the beginning of the movie cruel intentions i forgot to mention amy adams is in it a very young amy adams so okay i don't know why that was necessary to mention (laughs) because it's so (laughs) weird to see this uh, anyway, you know, it's he's, fun to he's see... He's painting a picture, he, Elliot. It's fun I'm to see say, the thing of, great actors the thing in their about, early roles. Oh, okay. I'm going to say... Do, look, we've all seen... We've all, look, if for every, every Jake Gyllenhaal has his bubble boy. You know, everyone's got to start somewhere. Although, mm-hmm. I guess he started with City Slickers. Who was... Was he... Was he Jack Palance? He was. Jake Gyllenhaal, he, he was in the makeup chair as a kid for 10 hours every day to look like... Jack, you know, he's, he's Billy Crystal's son in uh, City Slickers. <laughs> uh, he's in, like, one sense. scene. Uh, okay, I I'm gonna I just thought of something, but uh, what about Ginger Snaps Three? I thought that was that's a prequel, right? It takes place in ye olden times, and <laughs> I, mean, I remember liking it. I, I like that movie. It's it's kind of a prequel. It's like not the same. It's not like here are the same characters. It's like here's the same actors in a similar dynamic in the 18th century. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, 
I guess uh, you're now, right. I think this is partly because I saw on Twitter there were there was a little bit of commenting. Uh, this is also partly put into my head about uh, the concept that After Hours is a prequel to Home Alone because John Hurd and Catherine O'Hara, who play the parents in Home Alone, are both in After Hours, and that maybe oh. this is how they met uh, in downtown Manhattan, and then they like settled down and had all their kids and forgot their son. And I was like, oh, I love the idea of this being of these movies being connected somehow because it's also <laughs> such uh-huh. a stunning indictment of the people who were part of that scene who have since sold out and become mm-hmm. you know just live in a big house in Chicago yeah, or wherever it is, over there. You know, it's... and are 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 so obsessed with their flights to Paris that they forget their own yeah. son. Also, we watched Home Alone recently, and uh, it was the first time, I think, that my son had ever seen a movie where the word ass was used, and mm-hmm. he was like, what? It's <laughs> 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 like, what is this word? Yeah. yeah, pupils dilate, full requiem for a dream montage style. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but guys, so I wanted to pitch another prequel idea okay. to you. Obviously, okay. you guys loved my twins prequel, which is called uh-huh. uh, Parent Island. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, and, and you loved my uh, my my mashup, the Twin Man, uh, uh-huh. by twin detectives married to the same woman who solved crimes. Uh, I was thinking, what if we revived the Look Who's Talking series with mm-hmm. a prequel called Look Who's Not Talking Yet, which is about the adult cast members mm. when they were children. They're not old enough to have children, but when okay. they were kids. So we see how they got to the place that they ended up. Now, obviously, Kirstie Alley and John Travolta, they don't know each other mm-hmm. when the movie Look Who's Talking starts. So there's going to have to be some way to explain how they don't know each other at the end of the movie. Easy. Uh, how, do you, how do we do it? How do we, how do we thread that needle? Uh, well, one of the, Wait. Okay. Memory wipe. <laughs> Yep, coconuts. <laughs> Those droids get wiped. That's the thing. That's the thing. They were at his wedding. Yeah. <laughs> now, Elliot. I mean, they t- <laughs> look. Who- I mean, that's that's there's there's memory wipes and there's rudeness <laughs> and not remembering when you're one of two guests at a very private wedding. <laughs> look who's not talking yet. Now, the question I have about this is: so are the Travolta and Kirstie Alley babies not talking? In they're the not babies. No, they're kids. They can <laughs> talk, kids. but their children can't talk because they're not born yet because okay. they're on the future. Okay, Wait, so here's another why idea. Why do you have to go all the way back to when they're kids? <laughs> can't it just okay. be the adult yeah. characters before they meet? And... Well, so, yeah, okay, like we'll moments get... before. Although, like, I mean, Kirstie Alley, like, yeah, I mean, like, I guess Travolta's not the dad. It's uh, He's just the... It's the other guy. Yeah. No, no, but okay, so fine. We'll have Kirstie Alley and John Travolta in makeup to become... To, to look like kids. That's the thing. Because mm-hmm. we got to get those star names in there. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Kirstie Alley, I guess her name is uh, on Twitter a lot lately. But <laughs> yeah. not for necessarily good she reasons. She might be a problem mm. casting okay. Well, then, you know what? Then I forget, forget, look who's not talking yet. Do you guys remember the movie? I think it was called Did You Hear About the Morgans? Uh, uh-huh. What if What if we had a prequel that showed you what happened to the Morgans? <laughs> I got to get an idea for a prequel how about this one oh, wow <laughs> you ready it's gonna be a hot one good news mom the babysitter's alive how about, <laughs> how about that <laughs> now that's what I'm yeah that's a great and again you'd have to kind of ease over the fact that they this is the second time they're hiring the babysitter and she died maybe yeah. maybe she was in a, a horrible accident and that's why they don't recognize her i don't know but uh, but that's the kind of thing i'm looking for yeah yeah is is that kind of where we can take an old piece of ip yeah. and really re- revitalize it by going back in time and seeing uh-huh. what it was like before and you'll have to get all the all the characters back so like josh charles will be in there for some <laughs> wow. reason mm-hmm. yeah still david duchovny yeah. yeah oh yeah david duchovny was in that man he was cool 
Uh, yeah. man. Are we yeah. going to digitally a... DH them like the Irishman? I don't, that's the part I'm not sure about the, to gain. I don't know. I mean, I've, as I said, I think if you just brush their hair forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Saul style. Better call Saul style. Uh, like you could do a prequel to, um, like the 10 commandments. That's just called eight commandments. And it's about mm-hmm. God figuring out what those last two commandments are going to mm-hmm. be. And I, uh, what I like about it is that you're also leaving the door open for a sequel to the prequel nine commandments. <laughs> exactly. We could, you have, gotta build in. we could do uh Cleo from three to five, really dig into what happened earlier in that, that day. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, you could have uh, the the Fast and Furious prequel could be faster the movie <laughs> mm-hmm. let's pick it up next time yeah you um, could do the uh, the prequel to January Man December Man <laughs> Just, it's called December of the previous year man <laughs> yeah, you gotta clarify thank you yeah 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 that, my uh, idea was stupid thanks for fixing it no no yeah there's the prequel to Kindergarten Cop Preschool Cop um <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> In the prequel to Cop and a Half, Wait, just one on. cop. Hold on, I don't think I don't think just because it's a prequel to Kindergarten Cop, he has to go to an earlier school. So how what is it a prequel, be, Dan? If it's not, how well, is it a prequel? If he doesn't. He would be younger, and maybe he. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The prequel to <laughs> to Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, Stop or My Mommy Will Shoot, because <laughs> he's old. <laughs> It's called it's called Stop on My Mommy Woo Shoot. It's in a baby voice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh then of course there's uh, you know, the prequel to um oh boy, what are some other movies that exist that have titles? <laughs> Most of them. Uh, there's the prequel to there's... King Kong, Prince Kong, which is about how Prince Kong Game of Thrones his way to the top. <laughs> is there a white album of uh of movies, you know? How, uh, I don't understand a, what you're asking. If a movie has no <laughs> yeah. title in the forest, will anyone go see it? No, is there a title this movie? Is there a is there a movie with whose title is a void rather than uh, not, I mean not there's into a movie the called void, but I mean there's a movie called The Last the Movie, void. and you can make a prequel to that called Still Got One More Movie Left in Me. Okay. Mm-hmm. The penultimate movie. Um, you could do. Let's see. Uh, I guess the prequel to Hot Dog, the movie, would be uh-huh. Ground Up Pig Anus, <laughs> the movie. <laughs> and it's before they put it in the tube. Yeah, the casings on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, the, that's the tagline, actually. Did you ever wonder what happened before the casings? <laughs> Here's how the sausage really gets made. Uh-huh. Did you guys Did you guys suggest this one, uh, the, the prequel to Nine and a Half Weeks? Uh, uh, nine Weeks? <laughs> yeah, they just really added that last half a week for the movie. You guys say that one yet? There's the the prequel to the Nicolas Cage thriller Eight Millimeter, which is called Seven Millimeter. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, you know the so, yeah Dan. Oh, I was just gonna say that the writer of Hot Dog the movie mm-hmm. went on to be the director oh, of yeah. Hamburger the Motion Picture. <laughs> I mean, he you know, he stayed stuck with what he knows. Yeah. That seems like a pretty clear career progression yeah although i mean it's weird and then, and then he ended up he ended up running taco the series right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah he, he was involved in uh, the meatballs series too <laughs> yeah yeah and the pizza concept album sure <laughs> is that where you just put a pizza on the turntable and put the needle down he, yeah. that's the concept yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> it was real. It was real John Cage type stuff. Very avant garde. <laughs> yeah, the concept is <laughs> you then, of course, your turn He went table. on to work. Went on to work with Meatloaf, a was, real person whose a, name sounds like food. <laughs> was a pizza on a turntable? Was that something Gremlins did or Sixteen Candles did? Well, when a pizza's on a turntable, you can eat pizza anytime. So, oh, <laughs> uh, yes, you're right. <laughs> That's what the old ad said. That's what the old adage says. Yeah. So guys, I think we've uh, I feel like we've really answered a lot of questions about prequels <laughs> yeah. tonight. Uh-huh. Um, I think we finally like I feel like prequels are a big part of movie discourse and I think we finally closed the book on them. I think we gave the definitive answer that everybody's been looking for. Until we look at the previous book and we start we have the prequel to this oh, discussion. Oh, okay. I like it. Mhm. Now it's uh someone uh someone at on Twitter they once asked me they said have have they ever made a prequel to a movie that didn't exist yet, and which is just a movie? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's how distorted the conversation has gotten. Is that now <laughs> the kind of assumption that, that you can have a prequel to anything is yeah, you we, know we, is troubling? We kind of every one of our episodes ends sort of with a prequel, like our regular full episodes when uh, there's an outtake from the beginning of the show appended to oh. the end. Oh, weird. I feel like uh, I feel like Guy Ritchie's rock, what is it Rockarola felt a little bit like a prequel to a Guy Ritchie movie that hasn't been made yet. Hmm. Fair. Fair. It's not an adaptation of the Judas Priest album of the same name. I don't think so, but I'd have to look at the liner notes <laughs> of the movie. No, in the sense that like the movie felt like it felt like I was supposed to know these characters, and it felt like the whole time it was building up to something that you never really get to. So the whole thing just felt like a like one setup. Oh, you didn't see the okay, so you didn't see the director's cut, which nope. ends with those characters. It's revealed that they're the characters from the Big Chill. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a prequel yeah. to that. Rock and Roll is a prequel to the Big Chill. Yeah. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Which itself is a prequel to the 2016 election of Donald Trump. Uh, who? Because you got to assume a lot of the people in the Big Chill would have gone on to vote for him as their minds were destroyed by social media. The Big Chill is a movie. Uh, the Big Chill is a. Uh, po- my parents had the movie poster for The Big Chill in my basement, and I saw. I looked at that poster basically every day growing up. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I have never seen that movie. I mean, it's just boomer nonsense. It's 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 fun enough because there's like good actors in it, but it's one of those movies that like. I liked okay. I liked better as a kid, which is weird because it's like all about people <laughs> who are old and have, you know, like been disillusioned in their life coming back together. But now, I associate it so much with like that generation that like dominated movies for so much. And you know, guys, what will be our so big it's chill? Like, it's the like... one that like everyone younger than us is annoyed that it's just like navel gazing a bunch of people. I hanging mean, well, out. we had we we. We had our big chill. Unfortunately, it was Chill Factor with Cuba Gooding oh, Jr. and Skeet Aldrich. Yeah. But uh, you know, where they had to keep that that explosive cold, or it, or it, so he gets an ice cream man. man I feel strong. like I feel uh, like the generation like immediately preceding us. It was something like Beautiful Girls or some shit. Yeah. Oh, it was or like Reality Bites. Yeah. Like that was the that was right before us, and the one for us is probably gonna be Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, like that's probably our generation's one, big yeah. chill. <laughs> Dan's racking his brain. He's like, what What movie speaks to our culture the best? And it's Avengers mm-hmm. Endgame, obviously. It's got to be Avengers Endgame, because that moment when everybody comes back and they're like, I'm with you, Cap. 
I don't know that that really spoke to me as a as a what's our generation <laughs> like uh, older millennials. Uh, mm-hmm. You're an older millennial. I'm a younger Xer. So, uh, and, I, and, and I'm and, on I'm on the cusp, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stuart is Racer X, who's secretly Speed's brother. Uh-huh. Uh, well, guys, I think we've talked out prequels well enough. I think this uh-huh. is a good question for our audience. What do you think is the big chill of now? What's the movie where it's a bunch of People who are approaching middle age just kind of yammering on about their own selfish garbage uh, <laughs> just until they're tired of it, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in a house together, mourning Kevin Costner. <laughs> so, guys, <laughs> what's, the, what's the modern version of that? Let us know. Talk to us on Twitter. And if you'd like to see us talk about Teen Wolf, which will be somewhat more organized than this discussion, just join us Saturday, February 6th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we're going to be selling tickets right now when you're listening to this just go straight there at www.theflophouse.simpletix.com don't bother with that http garbage that's for big chill old people mm-hmm. yeah just put in www.theflophouse.simpletix.com the price is only ten dollars or as much as you'd like to spend above that but you mm-hmm. don't have ten dollars is the minimum you cannot spend less than that and we're gonna have all new presentations we're gonna be answering audience questions and again we're gonna be talking about the big chill of our generation Teen Wolf, the movie that that perhaps branded itself more on American pop culture than any other film about a basketball-playing werewolf. Prove me wrong, Dan. Prove me there is a more dominant film about a basketball-playing werewolf. I don't think there has been one. Do you guys have anything else you want to say before we say goodbye to our gentle listeners? No, let's just do it. Okay. For The Flophouse, I have been Elliot Kalen. I have been Dan McCoy. Hey, it's me, Stuart Wellington. Welcome to the Flophouse. No, God. <laughs> no, Stu. No, no, he's doing a prequel. He's trapped in a prequel. Oh, no. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.